0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlson. Today I have a very special guest with us. I have Andy Darnall. How's it going, Andy?
1: Going pretty well. How are you?
0: That's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself?
1: It's actually finally getting sunny over here in uh, Eugene, Oregon.
0: Oh, that's a beautiful coastal area though, right?
1: Uh, It's a little inland from the coast, but the rain creeped into June for some reason, so it's finally getting summer.
0: Fantastic. I, I am, uh, lived in Akron, Ohio for a little while, and that's right up there with Eugene, Seattle, and somewhere in Alaska is the cloudiest places in, in the world, or at least nice. in the States. So I'm, I remember not seeing the sun for a long time.
1: Yep, <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right, so Andy, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself as we get started?
1: sure yeah so um i'm 28. i co-own a virtual reality uh, video game company called new realms entertainment i'm queer and genderqueer i grew up in orange county california moved to Portland, Oregon in 2015. I moved to Eugene in 2016. And uh, I've been a lifelong gamer. I play bass and I'm a giant meme lord.
0: <laughs> Fantastic, you must love my page then.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna start the interview with a single question. I ask all of my guests this question and ask you just like I ask everybody else. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Andy?
1: I think it depends on what you consider weird. If you think uh, piercings, tattoos, alternative hairstyles, and fire spinning is weird, then probably a 7 out of 10. But if that's your norm, then probably a 3 or (laughs) 4.
0: And that, I love that answer, because that's honestly the answer I'm hoping to start getting from my guests. You know, at some point, we're going to realize we can't all be 12s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: can't all be 12s. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: almost every other guest. Like, oh, I'm a 10 or a 12. Like, Oh, come on. You have a hobby. Everybody has a hobby.
1: (laughs) Everyone, yeah. And according to who, you know?
0: That's right. Okay, so this is the gamerpreneur. So I am going to need your gaming cred. When did you first start playing video games?
1: As young as I can remember, honestly, the, I think the first system I touched was my aunt's uh, original Nintendo, system at my grandma's house. Um, but I had a PS1, PS2, PS3, I got a PS4. Um, and I, of course, I did some PC gaming growing up, too. I think uh, I played The Sims 2 on back in the day in fifth grade or whatever.
0: <laughs> I, I lost years to that game. I, I'll admit yeah.
1: it. <laughs> it's a good time.
0: <laughs> All right. So what do you play now?
1: So right now, I'm currently playing Assassin's Creed Origins on PS4, Um, also The Sims 4. (laughs) I uh, recently started uh, making Team Avatar on The Sims 4. Um, And what else? Those, Those are honestly the only two main ones I've dabbled in lately.
0: Sure, I'm. I'm fairly certain you're busy with the what do you have going on, but I got one more like gaming question. You know, get your cred, and then we'll we'll talk about that. So um, I'm going to ask you desert island scenario. I, I have two. I can go I, either. What's your favorite or desert island? So I'm going to go desert island on this one. You All have one right. game of the rest of your life. You got a power cable, Ethernet cord. What game is it?
1: I was not expecting that one. Um, okay. A single player or MMO? That's up to you. Oh, my gosh. Um, probably, okay, either Dishonored or an Assassin's Creed or Secret World Legends.
0: Okay, very nice.
1: Yeah, those are, um, those Dishonored is my favorite game of, well, it's a tie between Dishonored and Secret World Legends. Those are my top two favorite games of all time. Um. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So, perfect. Um, Now, let's move on to the preneur part, kind of talk about the business side of things. Can you give me your professional background? How did you end up where you're at today?
1: Right. So, my professional background, aside from getting a degree in video game art, doesn't really have anything to do with video games, um, except for my first job, which was at GameStop. Um, But I've done, I did like a, I worked in the Scholastic warehouse. I was a test proctor, um, Postmates, Lyft. um, I do like basic project management stuff for my day job now. Um, Yeah. uh, And a 3D printing small business. So that's my job background.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to ask you quick, what is your, uh, your IRL day job?
1: So I am a, it's, it's really basic project management, like task management for a content team, content creation team.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you've got the, the whole advertising thing down pat. You know exactly what to do.
1: Just a little bit. I, I started there doing content creation. So I helped write like how-to articles and scripts. We do tutorials for Microsoft Office, um, but then I moved into a more managerial role a little not like manager but managing tasks role
0: okay and let's talk about your business what, what you, you mentioned VR earlier and then now 3d printing so, so yeah
1: I am um, I'm definitely into tech uh, but I don't have a 3d printer I mean when I worked at the 3d printing place that was in 2013 but um, yeah we do VR um We started in 2017, around this time actually, we're almost at the three-year mark, Uh, but basically that was when, you know, the rift and everything really started. I think that's when it really became like, virtual reality is viable, it's here to stay, let's dive in. Um, And we decided to go VR in part because it's cutting edge but also because It's still new enough that the markets aren't as saturated as say like the Steam market for PC gaming. Um, So I personally think it's a little bit easier to enter than if we were trying to just stick with PC gaming. Um, But basically the way we got started was, uh, we're in Eugene, it's a big tech city. Uh, Its nickname is the Silicon Shire because it's like so techy, right? Um, there's a few video game companies in town. There's Mad Otter, Pipeworks, um, I think Garage Games is the company that started here. Um, so the community college, Lane Community College, which is where I got my degree from, we have a two, two degrees right now. We have a programming game development degree and then an art option for that degree. That's the one I got, but a requirement to finish your degree is to do an internship, and the, at the time, the local game companies in town weren't taking as many interns as there were students needing internships, Um, and it kind of got so bad that one student even had to take an extra class and call it an internship, and yeah, I know, and so we were just, Coral, my co-owner, he's um, a 3D modeling and many other things professor at the college, and he was like, I'm going to make my own company. And we're going to take all the interns. And we're going to make a game. And he just went, literally just one day in class was like, hey, he wants to start a video game company with me. I was like, yeah. Um, so okay. so that's how we got started.
0: <laughs> OK. And was that like your first experience on VR? Because I'll, I'll tell a quick story. Um, sure. I, when I got my S7 years ago, when they had a special deal at Verizon. You got your phone. They gave you that like fake Oculus where you had to like stick your phone onto it. Yeah. And I remember like seeing the Cirque du Soleil and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And my wife left the house one day. And as a grown man is up to do, I, I went and searched for something that I probably shouldn't have. And I downloaded it. And for the next <laughs> week straight, I'm not even joking. I just went around like, this is the future. This yeah. is the future. And I just, over and over again, my wife was so sick of it hearing it, but it's like, what was your VR experience?
1: <laughs> She's like, okay, get in the present, take the goggles <laughs> off. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, my first VR experience. I actually did try buying like my own version of that, like a cheap $20 thing off Amazon. Um, it didn't really work, but God, I think the first thing I ever did in VR maybe, was Robo Recall. Is that the name of the game? It's one of the free ones that comes with Oculus. Um, It's a really great uh, introduction into VR. It's an action game, and basically it's the future, and the robots are taking over the city. It's it's iRobot meets Terminator, and you... There's some really cool game mechanics, they'll shoot back at you and then the bullets slow down and you can grab them and throw them back. Um, And it's just a really fun, quick to get into game. But that was I think my first introduction to VR. Um, I think even without doing VR, you can kind of like imagine the possibilities, right? Like you can go to medical and, and job training and hobby learning um, in addition to recreation.
0: For sure. I have to imagine though, it, there's nothing like experiencing it for the first time. Because imagine what it was like seeing the very first moving picture. You know, yeah. Movies come from moving pictures. And so, like, to see this thing and it's like, wow, it looks like they're really up there moving. Like, to have that headset on, like, wow, I'm really here. It's yeah. so cool.
1: It's really it's really surreal. I think one of the, f- I got a Rift and then they have Google Maps VR. And it was just so cool. You can change the time, too. So you can see, like, Tokyo at night and all the lights and stuff are there. And I just thought that it was such a cool um way to experience things they have 3d sculpting and and on there so it's like a different way to do things that you've done before in addition to doing new experiences
0: for sure and what is it you do for the company
1: so i mainly do like project management as well as community reach out i would call it um i've done a uh, presentation at a local high school about getting into the video game uh, industry from an independent perspective versus into a bigger uh, company. It's just a different perspective. Um, I've also been active in our local community, um, you know, giving out business cards and stuff, but uh, just enjoying the community, but definitely being like, oh, I have a company too, you know. So, um, I think it's helped us get support from people. Um, I do some of the social media. Um, that's, and I can do, and and I sometimes do like miscellaneous tasks within our game engine, Unity, or Maya, um, or sometimes I'm just. I can just help balance game mechanics for requirements for the programmers, or um, I can do some character design. I decide what types of weapons a certain character can have, and um, you know, collect the reference images for it. And I do it, when you when it's a small business, uh, you kind of wear uh, multiple hats.
0: For sure, and you said you were a part owner, right?
1: Yeah, Coral and I are 50-50.
0: Okay, fantastic. So the show is really all about giving advice to someone who's watching to be able to follow in the footsteps of my guests. So what advice do you have for someone who may be looking to start up their own game or VR company like you are?
1: Yeah. um, So many things I could say, but I will focus on just a couple. One I would say is people are gonna wanna work with you if you're, you're just a cool, laid back, nice person, you know? Um, I've been in situations where the, um, the leadership style was more authoritarian and micromanaging, and it was clear that the employer didn't trust the employees. Um, and that's not, it's not a good work environment. Um, and so I would really, um, encourage people to focus on their ability to handle constructive criticism and value everyone's opinion on a, um, on an even playing field. Like just because you started the company doesn't mean you're more important than a programmer or an artist or an intern. Everyone's on the same playing field and everyone has a equal uh, valuable contribution to make. Um, I w- and I would continuing on that, I would recommend get, uh, learn how to be humble. Um, When someone tells you that you're wrong or you did something that wasn't cool or whatever, don't get defensive. See things from their perspective and own it. Um, Everyone's human. No one is perfect. what matters to me and to other people is whether or not someone can admit to making a mistake and whether or not they get defensive about it. Um, I think those are kind of like core pillars of being an awesome person in general, but especially being someone uh, starting a video game business where you um, have to get people to work with you. Um, Those are the types of people that, that, I feel, those are the types of people I want to work with. I don't want to work with someone who can't handle um, a suggestion.
0: For, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, do you think this is unique to the gaming space, um, or is this something that should apply everywhere? Is it is just, just gamers are more open, more receptive, and they need to be and, and have that type of environment, or is it just most other employers suck? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't say I've ever had a a nice boss before.
1: (laughs) Right, right. I, um, I think it can definitely apply everywhere. (laughs) You know, I think everyone can learn some humility, you know? Um, I think, but I think too, especially in a independent game company, like when it's under like six people and under, you know what I mean? Like, you got to collaborate with each other. And especially if it's everyone's first time making a big game like this, um, you, everyone has to be able to spitball ideas and like, accept that your idea might not be the best or it might be better with another tweak that someone else adds on to it. Um, it's a collaborative process. It's not, um, if you wanna make your game and only your game with no advice from anyone, like it's gonna to be tough unless you have money. I think it's gonna to be tough to get people to like work with you. That's just my opinion though. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know.
0: No, I believe that's absolutely true. Okay. Um, how is it trying to balance a job and running a business at the same time?
1: It can be tough. Um, Currently, on my day job, I work 30 hours a week. Um, At New Realms, we have dedicated work sessions from 6 to 8 p.m., Mondays and Tuesdays. Everyone's Mondays and Tuesdays have been dedicated to New Realms for the last, like, two or three years or whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, And, and also, too, since I'm less in a... Like I'm not one of the programmers. I'm not one of the technical artists. Um, I'm in kind of a more conceptual and like managerial role, project guide role. So there's there's always things to do, right? But especially right now where we're at, we just achieved alpha stage. Um, my focus right now is going to be creating how, creating alpha test questions as well as testing. Um, so we're in this new stage where finally we been working and working and we now are at a point where um, we have this unique momentum we've never achieved before and that gives like a, there's a natural excitedness um, and a natural like, oh my gosh, finally, like we're here, we get to do this. So um, it can definitely be busy, but I make it a point to have work-life balance, um, but it's it's a really exciting time for New Realms, so it's like, I can't wait to do it, you know, so um, but there definitely have been times where, you know, I don't want to do this right now, Oh, this is really tough, but um, you gotta push, you gotta push through, and sometimes you need to take a break, but like, you gotta get keep, you got to go back, you know?
0: Oh, I understand. I have done 16 hour days the past couple days myself. So wow. <laughs> do what wow. you got to do. Yeah. So, um, what makes you unique? What, what skills do you have that qualify for you, you for this position that others might like strive for?
1: Right. So this is, um, one area that, Uh, My experience, I think, as a producer for a short film comes in handy. I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, (laughs) So there was a period of about three months in 2015 where I was a producer. I did PA, props, uh, hired people, got crafty put together. I wore those hats for a short film, ended up winning two awards um it's called tallow is really awesome um i'm really thankful for the experience and those were uh like 12 hour days 16 hours. least it, it was very hard work um but it was awesome but i got a lot of experience with being in a leadership position in a production role where everyone like we need to do this by this time and i learned how to get people to do things for free because <laughs> um, no one got paid for for that it was all um, like experience and food um, so and there's no there's no real tricks to it it's like everyone wants to do it it's just I, I don't really know it's it's um, it's not like a manip- manipulative process it's just maybe like how to tone your how to say your requests, and I don't really know. I don't know if I even know what I'm talking about right now, but um, (laughs) I I got a lot of experience with managing, uh, I think about 50 people. And then also I had experience, um, I did this thing called Conclave two years in a row, um, which is basically doing a fire spinning routine with about 50 other people we got, and we performed at Burning Man. so we practiced for six months, and then we performed before they burned the man down with 12 other troops or 11 other troops of 50 people all at the same time. And um, that gave me a lot of experience with how to work with other people, how to follow directions, um, and that, I think that also gave me really great experience with um, collaborating to create a vision, right? Everyone comes together to, it's a blank slate, and you create your dance routine as a group. And you have to adhere to a theme and within the time limit. Um, So, but it's a, that's where you learn to give ideas. And sometimes people love it, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes you need to mix with other ideas to make it great. And um, those were kind of my two main points when I gave Coral my qualifications.
0: Very cool. All right. So I'd like you to go back in time with me if you can. All right. I want you to imagine you were just starting college once again. Okay. Okay. And there's Andy, little Andy. And you go up to little Andy and you go, little Andy, this is what's going to happen to you for the next 10 years or so. But here's the one thing you need to know. What is it you tell her?
1: Oh my goodness gracious. I would, uh, wow. Um, I would say, again, I think I would, I would go for the, um, be humble and don't forget why you're really here. Like, don't forget what started, why I wanted to get into video games in the first place. Um, Eventually, I'm going to make historically accurate video games about revolutions. That, that was my kick into it. Um, I'll do it one day. I'm here with New Realms for now. On my, yeah, I'm, I don't wanna get off into a big tangent, but um, yeah, stay humble and uh, don't forget your dream.
0: I love it. All right, do you have any advice for someone who's looking to start working for a company?
1: Well, my, I only have, uh, experience with, uh, hiring people on, uh, for an independent company. So I'll say from that perspective, but I will say, be professional when you send your resume, when you reach out for the first time, especially if it's through a school. Um, and you know, the teacher who owns the company, um, (laughs) email it just as it was like Bethesda or any other company, like just because you know us, and just because we're laid back, if it's through like a uh, internship or a a work capacity, unless you're told otherwise, make that approach professional, have a um, cover letter, resume, have a portfolio together. Um, Even if you're a programmer, have some type of example of your work whether it's a gif of a mechanic that you made working or a screen capture of um you playing a game you made or something some type of proof of concept Um, that's what i would say
0: beautiful okay now i'd like to pull back and talk about you a little bit more if we can see i believe that we learn the most from our failures in life rather than our successes And you have this wonderful track of where you've gone in life so far. But I'd like to ask you, what is something that you have failed at? And what have, what have you learned from it?
1: Um, so are you, are you talking about a specific situation? Or are you talking about like a general, like with- No, with I'm
0: asking new? what's like the most, the biggest screw up you've had in life? And like, how did you overcome it? What did you get out of it?
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, probably one of the biggest screw ups I ever made in life was, uh, selling my 2007 Camry. I uh, had it paid off just a few months prior. That was kind of like, um, I was fortunate enough to be gifted that by my mom paid off new tires, nothing wrong with it. This great car. But uh, I was 23 and um, for some reason I had it in me that I needed a car with better gas mileage so I could do Lyft. And um, fucking dumb. Uh, But I did it. And um, I like regretted it every single day for years. Um, No joke, like, no exaggeration. that only recently just stopped, like six months ago. Like it was biggest mistake of my life. I'm sorry um, about. But the way I got over it was um, just hearing the message over and over, getting reminders to you. There's no way I could have known what the consequences were then, and I was doing, I was doing what I thought was the best at the time. Um, I, there's no way to change the past, and I was just, you know, that type of message. You know, um, just hearing that repeatedly. I've heard it here and there over the years, but once I kind of started to hear it like more frequently. Um, And I think, too, also as I got older, um, your brain literally develops as you get older. Um, Maybe my brain's mature enough to accept that it happened and moved on. I don't know. Sure. Um, But I've just finally let it go and accepted that I can't change it, and I couldn't have known what the consequence was then.
0: That's right. Not a single moment before today matters. All you got is today and, and the future
1: exactly exactly
0: so another question for you what is something that you're working to improve on in yourself today
1: right so um quarantine has been happening (laughs) um and i live alone um i've got a one bedroom apartment all to myself and my cat um but i'm an extrovert and um it's my first time living alone uh it's been a challenge It's been uh, not having, like, human touch, even just hugs from friends or hanging out in person, you know, it's been a challenge. And uh, I manage my depression by keeping up with routines and habits, keeping a tidy household and stuff. But um, the fact that quarantine has gone on this long, they've fallen to the wayside. But I've been working with my therapist on being kind to myself, doing little things one day at a time, um, and doing these little, getting back into the rhythm of things, just little by little, and accepting that those little steps are all I can take right now, and that that's okay. Um, Also, too, I just want to say one reason that I even bring up, like, depression and um, working with a therapist is because I think that it's a really big stigma in our society. And I think that it takes people talking about it, um, especially on platforms like this, to recognize, to help people realize they're not alone, that it's okay, it's nothing to be ashamed of, and in fact your life is going to be 10 times better if you get help. Go to therapy, get medication, like, you're going to be way happier and it's, um, it's nothing to be ashamed of.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I have had my share of counseling as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. See, exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. Andy, another question for you. When you meet, first meet somebody new, what do you think is something they misunderstand about you?
1: Right. Um, I think something that people don't understand is how I can be an anti-capitalist and own a business. Um, I hate wealth inequality. I don't agree with the fact that there's rich millionaires, CEOs at the head of EA, and then their workers have two-year contracts, work awful hours, and don't get paid for it no benefits, and then they don't even have job security because they're on a contract. Um, I fully support game developer unions, but um, the fact that that structure is considered the norm, um, I don't agree with. Um, So at New Realms, basically the way we do it is when we get funding, everyone's getting paid the same. And um, the only reason New Realms is currently an LLC and not a worker-owned co-op type thing is because um, a worker-owned co-op, it's like I we we didn't feel like legally knowledgeable enough to really understand what that means in terms of taxes and. Um, accountability like if we get sued or something like that and we don't have the money to um, access a lawyer to advise us for that so all we could do is go off of people we know and the internet and like we don't know anyone who has a worker co-op you know what I mean so we just went with LLC so that way we could create a legal NDA so that way we could get people on board we just needed to get this game started you know um so but it's definitely something we want to revisit later um we want everyone to own the means of production you know and um, we're trying to keep it as egalitarian as possible
0: all right well andy this has been an absolutely wonderful interview how do people find you where are you on social media
1: so uh new realms entertainment we are on facebook and instagram at New Realms Entertainment, it's spelled N-U-R-E-A-L-M-S, Entertainment, and this is what the logo looks like. Um, We also have a website, newrealmsentertainment.com. You'll find us on there, and we post our social media semi-regularly every couple weeks. So yeah, I'm sure our next post will probably be about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. We genuinely appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate
0: that. You know, I've been leaving a a question out the past couple of interviews. So, actually, one last question. Uh, It's kind of, you know, it's a summation. Do you have any last thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to talk about?
1: Um, Oh, uh, I would love to give you the elevator pitch for a game. Please. Okay, this is what I tell everyone. So you play a bioengineered human built to fight giant monsters in big mechs and to use energy abilities on the ground. That's that's go. what our game's about.
0: OK, I love it. Kind of got a Power Rangers thing going.
1: Ooh, that's the first time anyone said Power Rangers. But absolutely, actually, yeah, that's that's very close to what we're doing, so yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's Pacific Rel- uh, Rim, but that's kind of not so well, much on the ground.
1: Pacific Rim uh, was one of the biggest uh, influences for at least the mech, uh, the mech side of things for sure. So yeah, you're you're on it with that one as well.
0: All right, well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on with us today.
1: Awesome, thanks again.
0: Absolutely, and for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all: don't be just a gamer. Be a gamerpreneur.